Hello everyone, I'm Beth Cornell. And I'm Sarah Cornell. Welcome to Sit Still and Listen, and we hope you do just that for the next 30 minutes or so while we talk about our topic, which I picked this week. It's your pick this week. Evolution of technology. It's one of my favorite subjects. Although I don't consider myself an expert on technology, I certainly have capitalized on it and used certain parts of it. You're good at, like, maybe two things, technologically speaking. Yeah, and a lot of people think I'm good at everything, but they're really wrong. You barely know how to work the TV. I don't like TV, so yeah, I don't spend a lot of time learning new TV things. Anyway, um, so to start the discussion off... uh, is your is your topic after all? Yeah. Where did you start? Well, I started at the dawn of technology, so to speak. This, because I grew up without a computer, without a phone that wasn't attached to a wall. I grew up with all that. Yeah, and so uh, it started to come around when I was in high school. Yet, my chosen trade, which was graphic arts at the time, was still all hand drawn. And everything was photographed and then cut from negatives and made into printing plates, which were aluminum and wrapped around the cylinder and offset press work happened. It was complicated. Living in dinosaur times sounds hard. It, it was hard. <laughs> it, there were a lot of a lot more rolls, so to speak, in a print shop than there are now. Because right now, it's a matter of it going from the computer to the press or maybe just from the it, you know, the press, RGB to CMYK is it, the big, the big pre- worry. The <laughs> press usually is the computer Some in some cases, I'm sure. I don't know for sure, but because I got out of it. I got out of it before it transitioned. But However. my first introduction was the CompTGRAPHICS. And anybody who knows what that is, is really old. Because that was before... That was before... We went to digital typesetting. This was photographic typesetting. And it was a wheel with um, letters on it that you could shine a light through. And it burned it onto a piece of paper that was photosensitive. So this wheel would spin really fast as you were typing and you had to type command lines into it too. So you had to know a little bit of programming to run this thing. That sounds so hard. Why? It was hard, <laughs> it was hard because, you know, you had to get the right font, the right weight. I mean, that all yeah. came in the programming of what you were. Yeah. Nowadays, I just click three things. And, and then, you, then you would press, you know, print or whatever and it would come out. And then you had to develop the paper. It is really fun. It is really fun to watch you realize that, like, Adobe products have just evolved into, like, this really intuitive piece of software. And you'd be like, I didn't know it could do that. Yeah. Look how easy this is. Well, it's shocking is what it is. Because I, I went from printing to web design. So I never learned about the transition that printing made from being manual to digital. I learned. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah learned <laughs> I, that. I had a, I had a, a history class, uh, art history, actually, where we talked about basically like the Renaissance era. We talked about like the dawn of the printing press. And then immediately we went into modern day stuff and how basically uh, that whole manual digital graphic arts switch happened and like 
that know, to who me, was pioneering all of it at the start. In my lifetime, that's the thing that really <clears throat> that really brings into focus how fast technology moves, how I mean, fast it's changed. Like and, I grew up with all of those programs like in the background just because of you, you know, like you yeah. like using Photoshop and Dreamweaver when yeah. I was like barely able to form a sentence <laughs> yeah. or have coherent thought. <laughs> and well, as soon as I came back from Germany in 93, we were starting to have PCs in every home. Mm-hmm. And that's Do you remember I... having a computer room? Do you remember that? We never really had that. No, we didn't. But I remember going to other people's houses. Yeah, and maybe. Them ha- um, can I say their names? I don't think you should do that. Okay. Maybe maybe off. Maybe off. You uh, can say an like, initial. Uh, uh, L, L and C. Uh-huh. And uh, their daughter, M, and their, their son, L. Uh-huh. Uh, they had a computer room. Right, huh. at, right at the front and it was just like this it was almost like a closet but it was really big inside and they had two different desks oh well they were programmers by trade yeah so. it was still weird <laughs> yeah there were many things weird about that particular <laughs> computer room <laughs> anyway to move along sure yeah that's computer neat room. that you still remember that yeah. yeah, I remember computer rooms. I remember having to unplug the phone. To be, use the computer. To, well, not just to use the computer, but just to like be on the internet at all. Yeah. And the internet it was like... just Well, and I will say I didn't evolve off a of dial-up until... Well, oh my God, we had dial-up forever. We did, because, <laughs> and the reason was we didn't really need to go fast. I did all of my uploading overnight. Like I would put my... I would do all the web stuff during the day, save it on my hard drive, and then program my FTP, my file transfer protocols to kick in at a certain time at night, and they would, my computer would be on all night Mm -hmm. doing that for me, so we didn't, it didn't interfere with our phone, so we didn't need to have, you know, DSL or anything else, it was, and it was super cheap, and like I'm, I must say, you know, the early days of my web design was pure profit, and the amount of space I had, and I mean, I could just do. I felt like I could just do anything. It was very mind expanding at that time. And then the internet evolved, I and mean, then we had to get Wi-Fi because DSL was so slow it wouldn't load anything. <laughs> um, eventually, it was a long time. In about 2010. <laughs> At least it felt that way in my I head. I don't remember the exact year, but it was long after everybody else had moved off oh, the yeah. dial-up. It was like yeah. probably when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, we finally moved over to like an yeah. official like Wi-Fi high-speed situation. I was nearly in high school at that point. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I think, you know, having gone back through and learned some new skills in that adobe area mm. i mean i can see the the budding of my digital art section of life mm-hmm. coming to life right now and it, it's, it's fun it's kind of exciting yeah it's very fun and you know it is easy 
But if you didn't have that background or know what you were doing, it would, you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, but that's yeah. kind of like the beauty of the internet and the yeah. beauty of, 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 of technology is because you can literally, like, I don't know how to do this thing in After Effects. How do I do the thing in After Effects? Boom. There's like 16 different tutorials with like, yeah. you know, some of them are step by step. Some of them are videos. You know, I mean, you just click on them and yeah. bish bash bosh, you're in business. Well, and a lot of the actions and things you can animate for yourself within the program yeah. to do things for you while you're working in there. So mm -hmm. it makes your clicks and steps that much shorter Yeah, to and, get things to work. And that's, I think, as these products evolve, I mean, they're all in the cloud now. The cloud is something that's not new, but the okay. way people are using it every day is new. I, I think to me that's where the big uh, new new ideas are going to come in that cloud. That, that's kind of a weird thing for me too because like the cloud was something that like came about when I was younger uh -huh. and I, I know how to use it and stuff but like it's not like this exciting new thing you know yeah. like I get more excited about um, like phone advances and stuff just because I just remember so clearly that, you know, you, you had to go into the kitchen to use a phone that was plugged into the wall. And now I'm, I can hold my phone in my hand. And not only can I hold my phone in my hand, but it literally has a library of Alexandria-style cataloging system with literally all the collective human knowledge at my fingertips, which is just insanity. There's a lot of misinformation on there as well but <laughs> if you know how to discern yeah. exactly if you know how to discern and, and comprehend and be like you know this is actual good information then then yeah you, you're you're in business <laughs> i just think that's really cool because when you talk about like going to libraries to write like uh essays and stuff and be like i had to look up encyclopedias i have panic attacks i'm like what no <laughs> I, lo I, loved, I can't just google that shit <laughs> i loved being in the library and my my first memory of being in the library was the Irwin library it's it was a tiny library and it smelled like old books and it's everything you think a library should be like and i remember the librarian giving us a lesson on how to use the card catalog the dewey decimal system not so much the whole dewey decimal system but just how to find a book mm. how to look it up that's even then, changed with like modern libraries like, yeah i mean yeah and i remember writing down you know the number and the section it was in. and then <laughs> then it was like a scavenger hunt you know going yeah, all through fun. the line it was uh -huh. and then when you found the book you were like yes you know shit i have to work now <laughs> well not really it was fun and i'm i was never against you know, reading or the library. I guess if I wasn't that kind of student, I might not have liked it as much. I mean, but, I like to read. Yeah. But, you know, libraries have evolved into place where they have, like, makerspace and STEM events and, yeah. you know, uh, 3D printing as well as regular printing. and Libraries have evolved into of... something that you can have right on your phone. I Kindle. Yeah. You can have the Maricopa County Library on your phone yeah. as well. So, yeah, and our school library, our college libraries are all yeah, on our phone. All yeah. on your phone. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of miss that. 
I miss books. I do. I physical love, books. I prefer physical yeah. books. I miss going to a bookstore that isn't half full of toys <laughs> I, and yeah, other things. Yeah. You know, uh, that's just a bookstore. There's a couple, but they're way little... in the East Valley. And, and when I go, I always make a point to go there. And that's Half Price. And what's the other one? Half Price and Bookends. Bookman's? Bookman's, bookends, Bookman's, something like that. I think that. you're thinking of Bookman's, but I was thinking of uh, Changing Hands. Oh, yeah, Love yeah. Love that one, yeah. But, I you can't know, believe that happened in my lifetime. I'm thinking about that now. Like, there, we had two different, like, major bookstores. It was Borders and Barnes and & Noble. And yeah. Barnes & Noble was always the cooler one because it had toys. And Borders was kind of the boring one, at least for me as a kid, until I reached like a certain age where I was like, I'm just here for the books, not the toys anymore. And Borders went out of business. And then Barnes and Noble took over the whole like, we're the book selling place now with our Kindle or Nook or whatever. Yeah. And like, yeah. And, and, the, and they're like mostly Nook and mostly toys. toys. Yeah. At least ours is. Like, yeah. the one down here is yeah. definitely. The one, there's one up by uh, my place that is a little bit more geared towards like actual physical books, but they still have an enormous wall filled with pop figures in the back. Right. <laughs> you can't escape it. I mean, they have to make money. Sure. You know. I suppose. But I think Amazon had a lot to do with that. You know, I'm just they, glad they that they're original. still printing physical books. When I heard that, like, they were like, oh, yeah, you can put your, your favorite books on your phone now with the Kindle app. Or, like, you know, you can have it on your iPad yeah. or your, your, your tablet. I was like, oh, no. I grew up with physical books my whole life. And if you get rid of those, I will be upset. You still buy a good many books. <laughs> yes, I do. Physical. Yeah. I, In fact, the only books that I have on my Kindle are ones that are obnoxious to carry around. Like, yeah. I have the entire trilogy of Lord of the Rings on there, which is like a 4,000-page book. And then I also have um, Anne McCafferty's uh, Dragon Riders of Pern, the first like six books. Yeah. That, and it's like a big Anubis collection. That's the only two books that I have. Yeah, I read books that are thick, but I like to have the book in my hand. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like, yeah. I only read those if I'm, like, traveling. I don't think I've ever read a book on a kindle or on a screen i i have a couple books that like if i'm trapped in an airplane i could read they're like yeah. emergency books yeah they're emergency books yeah for me. absolutely because i don't think i would ever i've i've actually published a book that way or two mm -hmm. but i have not myself uh, read it that way i'm not a consumer of that kind of book yeah more power to you in all honesty yeah because i mean like well, I hope to learn how to better publish those sorts of books because I want to put out more of my meditation stuff and in a book form, and I want it to be digital. Yeah. I'm not even going to go traditional because it's too hard to get shelved. It's too hard to distribute. I still have about maybe... I was just going to say distribution. I wasn't yeah. even thinking about shelving. <laughs> right. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, I still have about 50 of my... Um, Daily Random Reminder books. I forgot about those. Yeah, I still have about 50. In a box somewhere. They're in a box, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I think you can still get that on Kindle, and, you know, it's perpetually out there. 
And I like that idea better than it being perpetually on in my garage or in my storage unit. <laughs> or on a shelf. <laughs> or on a shelf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or on a shelf. Which then gets transferred over to half price books and Yeah. Who knows? Laura yeah. knows at yeah. that point. Ends up back on Amazon for twenty five dollars <laughs> instead of ten or five or whatever yeah. it really <laughs> went for. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, the power of technology in in an everyday person's hands, too, has changed everybody's lives. DoorDash. Oh, Postmates. Yeah, just (laughs) just the convenience factor of things like that. Yeah, and I mean, like, I I can't imagine having to order something without Amazon Prime. Like, I don't need that sort of speed for certain things. But boy, is it really nice to know that in two days, I'm going to have what I ordered. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, there's obviously all sorts of, like, ethical reasons why it's really crappy and sucky. But, I mean, it's really convenient, i got to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you weigh the amount of uh, chemicals and things that it takes to print books and how, you know, transitioning to digital really yeah. saves the planet in the yeah. end. I mean, you are using electricity and, you know, certain costs of doing business that way. But, yeah, and Amazon overall, I mean, they do have special trucks. I mean, they really try. I mean, they act like they're trying. How about that? Yeah, there you go. I was going to say, they're not trying enough. (laughs) they They could do a lot more. Way more. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's not the worst thing ever. The, the the fact that we expect things to be instant, though, I think leads to people having yeah. a bit more dissatisfaction with life in general mm. and a lot less patience. As an ex-Starbucks employee, I agree. <laughs> and, and, and there there can be, um, to people think they know everything, they know a lot more than they do. Yeah, and most of that's misinformation because of their phone and because of the information that they're being fed from the internet. And having worked with children, I noticed their working memory is not strong. And I think that's because they don't have to remember things. They're not taught the same way that we were when you had to go to the library. You ha- you had to retain a certain amount of knowledge in your head. I'm that is not necessary anymore. Yeah, it's just not it's, necessary. It's not. And it, it just Google and it, it as a phrase. It could be a waste of brain power, but there's something about that functional working memory that's going away with people. I think I, I read an article. I'm going to feel bad that I don't remember who the author was, but basically they said that kids who grew up with the original Pokemon. <laughs> TV series has a special part of their brain that's actually dedicated to remembering. It's a Pokedex. Yeah, it's an actual literal Pokedex in your brain. And I can attest to that. <laughs> I still remember all 151 mm. Pokemon, including some of the ones that like came Your thereafter. generation um, was one of the last ones that, you know, you your generation didn't get cell phones and they were flip phones by the way yeah they were not smartphones they were until you were about 10 or 12 they were the ones that your grandma and grandpa uses like you you weren't (laughs) raised you weren't raised on screens no no and so you still kind of that you still can kind of 
have that nostalgia for no screen time, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do prefer not to, though, to be honest. Like, sure, I, I bet. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, like, there are times where I'm just like, you know what, being away from my phone is rather nice. But... You're an older millennial is what I'm trying to say. Ah, I yeah. see. I'm ancient. Even though I'm literally, like, the youngest you could possibly be. <laughs> literally on the scale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I think the the old the older millennials are like thirty five years old, yeah. And I think the younger ones are twenty five. I'm twenty six. I was yeah. born in nineteen ninety three. So, yeah, sure, I could be one of the older younger ones. I think it's literally because we were just like we were poor when I was younger, and we literally couldn't afford to have the nicest, bestest shit, which was fine. I I had no idea we were poor. I didn't care. Yeah. I had a PlayStation, a PlayStation 1. Who yeah. cares? Like, that's the greatest thing ever. Play Final Fantasy VII until well, my ass fall out of my there's head. There's a lot of good things born out of a tight economy. <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> strange nostalgia for PlayStation 1 games. <laughs> and Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. That whole, that whole era has evolved to like video gaming games. Yeah, yeah yeah if you want if you look at uh, f-zero that's a fantastic game series to look at at the dawn of f-zero all the way back then compared to what it looks like now yeah oh my god oh yeah. my god <laughs> well we were just talking about animation too like yeah at the beginning way back with disney i could talk about it forever <laughs> and then then you look at some of the more modern things like we just saw frozen too how how if you were looking at that back in the 40s when animation was just coming out, you would say, what is that that does not look like animation? Yeah, we don't know what that is. We don't know yeah. what that is. We literally, it's literally yeah, was, incomprehensible. It, yeah, because it's not drawn per se. It's At one point it is. At some point it is, but by the yeah. time it turns into what it ends up being, it it's, doesn't look anything yeah. like what it's drawn the, as. The most fantastic animation style that's come out over... Like, literally the last year, so 2019, Frozen 2 came out. Klaus, that just won Oscar for Best Animated Film. Hmm. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a 2D animated film, but it literally is cel-shaded and done in such a way that it looks like it's 3D. Hmm. But it's 2D, and it's beautiful. It's so gorgeous. And, like, I look at that, and I feel like in five years, when I go back to watch that, five years from now on Christmas... I'm going to be like, yep, it looks just as beautiful as the day that they made it. Versus Frozen 2 five years from now, which is going to look like it was made in Blender. Like, yeah. it's not going to look, it's not going to have that lovely evergreen. Like, we just watched Sleeping Beauty yeah. tonight. Um, and that's the whole scene where he's fighting the dragon, where all that dynamic movement is happening. That still looks so good. Right. Like, it looks like, you know, it's a little rough because it was during the Xerox era, but... Well, the final thing that I want to talk about is robots, because oh, yeah. I really wanted to bring up, you know, Andrew Yang and the fact that mm. I'm Yang Gang, oh, and Sarah can't stand it when I say that. But, you know, if you get the chance to Google Andrew Yang, anybody out there who just wants to hear a very forward-thinking thought process, think, he has it. I think the reason why I don't like you saying Yang Gang is I realize you're a 43-year-old woman. I'm not 43. 40, 53, sorry, excuse me. 
but thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. It's just jarring is what I mean. I'm just expecting you to throw up like some well, sort of gang sign when you do it. <laughs> there's a lot of talk about him not having a lot of followers over the age of 50. And that's where I feel like I could do my part this time around. Because, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think he has very reasonable um, fears about automation and robots and what that's going to do to our workforce. I'm afraid of Skynet. What it's already doing. Yes, yeah, Skynet. I'm afraid of Skynet. Exactly. And, <laughs> and we have to nip it in the bud because it could get away from us and cause all kinds of human problems. But, you know, regardless, um, I'm, I'm all for the kind of things that are happening right now in technology. I'm excited and very hesitant about automated cars. That's something that that delights and terrifies me at the same time. Because I think there's going to be a lot of blending it that's not so good. Kind of like what happened in Tempe with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm delighted that people who have disabilities, who, who, yeah. who are blind and or, or deaf, who maybe not, you know, somebody who suffers from seizures, they might not be able to drive. Having an automated car, being able to take them to and from work, I think that's awesome. Um, however, I watched Logan and thoroughly crapped my pants at the scene where they're trying to uh, save these horses that escaped. And there are these automated semi-trucks that are just barreling down, doing 60 miles an hour. They don't care that there's people in the road. They're not slowing down. They're not stopping. Um, Sarah, we already have those. Yeah, they're called, <laughs> they're called drivers over the age of 75 <laughs> in Sun no, City. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, we have uh, we have those trucks on our highways right now. Oh yeah, I know. I think that if that does happen, they need to be delegated to a, a special, special lane. lane. Yep, yeah. yep. I agree. That is that is. Well, it's kind of odd that you know that's all coming about right when there's a resurgence in people wanting to ride bicycles. You know, they're talking about downtown having dedicated bike lanes that yeah. are mixed amongst. Well, the car lanes. Well, it's it's because the the generation that's coming up, not mine, the yeah. one directly behind mine, grew up in an economy and a climate where finding a job is really hard, and owning a car without having a job is even harder. Yeah. So those people do not have cars, and they're they only don't want cars either. And yeah, some of them don't want yeah. cars. They're like it's crappy on the well, earth, and, you know. And a lot of young people uh, like Lyft and Uber because of that too. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's just. Makes more sense to them. Yeah, I mean, and I now use all these services. If you so. if you live in a city, if you live in like cars are for chumps in New York. Like if you own a car and you're in New York City, you're an idiot. Like <laughs> you're not going to be able to get where you need to go. You know, you have to pay to park your car, yeah. and there's a really good chance that someone's going to you know deface your car by keying it or straight up stealing your car. You know, like it's not worth it to have it's way easier just to be like boop i have an uber who's going to take me to work in five minutes like it just makes sense like there's people who live in la who do the same thing and like i own a car and it's it's nice i don't really use it (laughs) you will i will eventually yes but currently i don't (laughs) i use it to go get chipotle (laughs) um are we going to plug? What are we plugging today? So our affiliates today, two of them are ourselves, and one of them is an affiliate link. And I'm going to let Sarah start off with her 
All right, I am going to go ahead and shout out my uh, gaming channel. It's Manny Queen Gaming. Uh, the easiest way to find the channel page is going to mannyqueengaming.com. M-A-N-I-Q-U-I-N-N gaming.com. Best way to get there, it's right on the front page. There's a link, you just click it, boom, channel page. And if you are so inclined to subscribe, thank you. Uh, might I also add that I have a Twitter as well, at Manny Quinn Gaming, which is also linked on the website's front page. And that's the at sign, M-A-N-I-Q-U-I-N-N. Mm -hmm. -N. Gaming. Gaming. Yeah, and that yep. that's her Twitter. And our, did you want to do the affiliate link, since you are the No, because I really don't know much about the Sony PlayStation. There we go. We are talking about the <laughs> PlayStation 4, which is the console that I am currently using to play all of my games with. Um, PlayStation has a really, really good sharing ability um, that not only you can stream directly to Twitch, uh, you can also stream directly to YouTube as well, which is what I use it for. Um, Another really weird thing that that does, which is, again, technology, you could go online with it. You could open up Google Chrome and search on there. Like, it's an amazing console. It's really fun. They have some really good exclusive games on there. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is one of the exclusives on PlayStation 4, even though I think it's being ported to PC, which is nice. Uh, and then uh, Bloodborne, that's another uh, PlayStation 4 exclusive. You can only play it on the PlayStation. And those are two fantastic games. All right. So the last thing is uh, digital art. Yeah, I was saying I'm really getting into it. I've been doing uh, some portraits of people and pets. And my new website's going to be launching. Hopefully, uh, by the time you're hearing this, it will have launched already. And that is at www. BethCornell.com. That's B E T H C O R N E L L.com. And what you find there is uh, uh, the link to um, commission me for a digital portrait or a digital piece of art. I'm also going to be offering several um, different uh, modalities of digital art paintings. Uh, that I do in fo in Photoshop actually and those uh, start off as photographs and turn into digital paintings it's really a neat process it's very relaxing uh, and it's neat and she clean was... and it doesn't make my office smell a lot <laughs> she was very very excited I got a very enthusiastic phone call one afternoon saying Sarah have you painted in Photoshop before and I said <laughs> Yes, mother. I've painted in Photoshop before. And she's like, it's so fun. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, and you can clean your brush and you can have different brushes, as many as you want. And, well, yeah, I like I'm it. Very excited. I'm yeah. watching your, I'm thinking you're literally going to, we're going to end this recording. You're going to be like, I'm going to go paint something in Photoshop. I must. <laughs> no, no, not tonight. But yeah, so that's going to be another section of it. And then. I have a Patreon going that's connected to this um, this podcast. I think I have certain levels in there that you can sponsor me and help me out to continue to do this, which I need. I need that. 
Yeah. It, purely those proceeds go specifically to this podcast. <laughs> but with that Patreon, those levels, you get, um, uh, you get to be part of my art process. You get to be part of the journey of what makes the art what it is. Mm. And I'm doing things different this time. Before I was very traditional medium acrylics, basically, and I was, you know, looking at galleries and in galleries and did shows and lots of exhibitions and went to places to sell my hard physical copies of art. But this time, I'm in the 21st century. So it's a real adventure for somebody who's a half a century old already. <laughs> It's a real adventure, and I'm really having fun with it. So I hope you check it out. And that's going to do it for this week. Thank you for tuning in once again. Thank you. We will see you next week.